place, the book of Acts, chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, we're going to go to verse 12, we're going to read about 5 verses of scripture tonight, Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, good to have everybody tonight again, amen, praise the Lord, if you didn't get, uh, amen, a flyer on Sunday about all of the easy instructions to download the app, there's plenty of them out there on the welcome uh, desk. Make sure you grab one. Amen. Even if you don't do the giving through the app, download the app. We're going to keep all of the information, calendar, events, registration, all kinds of things that are on there. Amen. Don't let it overwhelm you. Amen. Just, uh, amen, download it. Amen. And just uh, take your time. Amen. But we're thankful tonight for everybody that is here. Praise the Lord. We're glad for, amen, the presence of the Lord tonight. For the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Great is his name and greatly to be praised. Amen. All the honor and glory belongs to him tonight. None of us are worthy of any kind of recognition. None of us are worthy of any kind of honor tonight. Only him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 5. Everybody able to stand? Please stand. Amen. If you don't have the Bible in your hand, don't have the Bible on the app. Amen. Look on the wall. Praise the Lord. Acts 5, verse 12. Everybody got it? Say amen. amen. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter's passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing the sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to bless the show far. We want you to give the Lord amen some praise for his word tonight. Come on, let's bless it. Come on, hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. This is getting about putting in those songs. And now we're up and out of the attention Glory to God. We praise you tonight, Jesus. We honor you tonight, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the blessing that you bestowed upon your people tonight. We honor you, Father, for the kingdom that you have established in this earth, Lord. It will give us, Father God, that we can bring to this earth. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You may be seated tonight, and if the Lord will allow me, I want to minister on the thought when you carry the glory. When you carry the glory. Look at your neighbor and say, when you carry the glory. Hallelujah, when you carry the glory. Praise the Lord. Now, if you go to the beginning of Acts chapter 5, amen, it gives us a familiar account of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira were a husband and wife, amen. We don't know, amen, how well they got along, if they had a good marriage or if they, amen, had a rocky marriage, but we do know, amen, that they were married. The Bible tells us their account is that they sold their land, amen, and they sold their land, and they, uh, amen, if you look at it, they saw in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4 gives us the account where people were selling their land, selling their goods, and they were coming and they were laying at the feet of the apostles as the apostles were beginning to move forward, amen, under the uh, commission, amen, of taking the church and 
taking the gospel out into the world in Acts chapter 4, amen, and specifically we see Barnabas was highly respected, amen, when he generously gave to the church, amen, so we see, amen, that in Acts chapter 4, amen, that, that this happened and there was great respect given to, amen, those and to Barnabas for giving to the church, amen, Ananias and Sapphira saw, amen, this respect and they wanted to receive that same respect from the people, and so the Bible tells us that they sold their land, amen, but they held back on a portion of, uh, amen, the profits that they got from selling the land and the proceeds. Uh, they held back on a portion of the proceeds, but yet they implied that they gave it all to the church. Amen. So they sold their land, amen, and they said we gave all of the proceeds to the church, amen, but they held back, the Bible says, a portion of the profit, amen. Now they were both partners in this deception, amen. I believe that they wanted the image of generosity without being generous, amen. They wanted the respect, amen, of being a generous giver, amen, with out giving a man all that they said they were. And the Bible tells us that Peter confronted Ananias. And he said to Ananias, he said, Satan has filled your heart. Amen. He confronted him. Amen. And he said, hallelujah, that Satan has filled your heart. Now here's what you have to understand. Is that the sin wasn't that he didn't give the money. That wasn't the sin. Amen. The sin wasn't that he didn't give. Amen. Because God told him. Amen. Peter told him that. Amen. God said it was your land before you sold it. You owned it before you sold it. You possessed it. And all of the money that you got from selling it belonged to you. And you could do with it what you wanted to do. Amen. But the Bible says that he lied to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And he didn't lie to man, but he lied to the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible didn't say that God told him to give the money from that selling that land. The Bible doesn't tell us that God told him to give it. Amen. But he implied that he gave it all so that he could get the praise of man. We got to be careful with what we do within the kingdom and the body of Christ that we're not doing it to get the praise of man. Come on, somebody, say with me, I'm going somewhere tonight. We know that the sin was greed, amen? Hallelujah. But the greater sin was really pride, amen, in that he wanted everyone to think that they were more spiritual than what they were, amen? I don't want to hang there either, but we must be careful. This is why the Bible says to know them that labor among you, hallelujah. And so while they were greedy, amen, really the greater sin was pride because they wanted everyone else to think that they were more spiritually minded than what they really were. Amen. Satan filled his heart, but he chose to sin. Amen. We cannot blame the enemy on, amen, our choices to sin. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when he heard the words, the Bible says, hallelujah, when he heard those words, he fell down at his feet, amen, and he took his last breath. Hallelujah. 
Isaiah. It's interesting that Peter never once pronounced death upon him. Peter never once said you're going to die. Peter never once said that this is going to happen. He just said that you have lied to the Holy Ghost and not man. And it wasn't the fact that you didn't give the money to God. It was the fact that you said you gave it all to him, but you didn't. Amen. And so the Bible says that, amen, he fell down, amen, and he died. And literally, when you look at the translation, it really it literally implies that he was crushed. He was overwhelmed. So I believe, amen, that his heart could have given out. It could have been such a great, amen, pressure upon him that he could have had a heart attack or anything. We don't know, amen, but the Bible says, hallelujah, that, amen, he fell dead. And you see, God chose, amen, to sentence him and his wife. I was thinking today that Peter was probably just as surprised as everybody else when he fell dead. I don't think that Peter probably expected him to just fall dead. Peter was just there because the spirit of discernment, amen, the gift of discernment had shown Peter that he had lied to the Holy Ghost, amen. And when he fell dead, I'm sure Peter was like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Uh, he, just, he just fell down dead. Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe that Peter was probably just as surprised as anybody. Amen. Because here's what you got to understand. Amen. You say that was pretty harsh. Don't you think that was pretty harsh? Well, you got to understand that the, the church was just becoming established. And God wasn't going to allow the impurity. He wasn't going to allow the scandal. He wasn't going to allow that satanic infiltration to corrupt an entire church. Amen. Because if he would have allowed that deception to continue, Ananias and Sapphira would have continued to walk in deception. And you never know who else they would have corrupted or what it would have done to the truth. See, we think that our sin, amen, doesn't affect anybody else but us. But you've got to understand that your sin affects everyone that you are connected to. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But, but, but that sentence seemed awfully harsh. Hallelujah. But I'm so thankful tonight for grace. Amen. And I know that I've made plenty of mistakes that I probably should have been sentenced. Amen. To just die on the spot. Hallelujah. Praise God. We all make mistakes. Amen. But God will expose them if we are repentant. How many knows? Amen. Amen. If we have a willingness to allow the Lord, He will expose them. But I come tonight just right here to remind somebody that if you're still breathing, God is using your mistakes in your present time. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? He isn't allowing your past mistakes. He isn't allowing your failures, amen, to keep you or to, to, to determine your future, but he is using them in your present to excel you and move you forward. Everybody in here still breathing tonight, amen, so everything that you've done, if it's under the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, God will use it, amen, for your good. Aren't you thankful that you'll take everything, everything and work it for the good? Come on, he's worthy of being praise right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And I think it's interesting to note that right here you have to understand that when the church is harmed or when the church is hindered, it's usually from within and not without. It's not really the outside things, amen, that hinder the 
church, but it's over within. Amen. As we see here with Ananias and Sapphira. Amen. We can give reasons. Amen. Why do you say, well, why don't that happen today? Why doesn't God just, amen, allow people to drop dead? Because there's plenty of people who are operating in pride, such as Ananias and Sapphira were doing. Hallelujah. But I believe, amen, that we can reason, praise the Lord, that these things don't happen, amen, as, as often today because, amen, the church has so many branches. Again, understand that the church was just being, uh, amen, birth. It was just being started here. Uh, amen. The apostles were just getting ready to go out and begin to, amen, establish the church. Hallelujah. So now there's so many branches, uh, amen, in the church. Hallelujah. That we just don't see it happen as often today. But here's what you got to understand. Amen. That, uh, hallelujah, what happened, uh, the Bible says that when Ananias fell dead, uh, hallelujah, that great fear came upon all who heard uh, about what was happening. Uh, great fear came upon them. Uh, amen. We might call it conviction. Uh, amen. But great fear came upon them. Uh, you see, God's purpose, uh, amen, was going to be accomplished uh, in the church as a whole. Uh, so even though he had to punish Ananias hallelujah by death and he allowed him to die praise God amen he was going to use it to accomplish amen a purpose in the whole the enemy thought that he was going to take it and that he was going to taint and contaminate and to begin to hinder what God was starting to do hallelujah but how many knows that what the enemy means for evil God and turn it for good. Amen. He is an exposer of darkness tonight. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's why you can stand still and watch him be God. So God's purpose was accomplished in the church as a whole. Amen. Amen. But unfortunately today we see a lot of cover-up for sin in the church. Amen. We're seeing now. Hallelujah. I might as well just say it. There's a lot. Amen. We're seeing it in the church, in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. In the church as we see it and know it. Amen. That there has been things done in secret. There has been sin. Amen. In some of the larger Amen. Organizations and some of the larger churches that have had great influence. Some of them, you say their name. Amen. And people instantly recognize. They know. Amen. They're connected to singing. They're connected to preaching. They're connected to teaching. They're connected to Bible studies. Amen. But we're seeing now. Amen. That sin had been covered up. That they had covered up sin down throughout the years. But God said, I'm not going to let that sin. Amen. Go uncovered. I'm going to expose that sin. Come on somebody. Do you hear that? And while some people may say well we cover it up because we don't want to hurt a lot of people. Hallelujah. You don't understand. Amen. That when you try to hide sin. Hallelujah. You are hindering God from being able to work and move and you are stopping the word from being able to come to pass. Hallelujah, but I'm so thankful tonight. 
Hallelujah. That we serve a God who sees and knows all things. We serve a God who is a God of justice. He is a God of recompense. And he is a God, hallelujah, that says, let me arise. And all the enemies be scattered. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
go to church every Sunday, every midweek worship, you can attend every conference, you can read every book, you can go to every Bible study, you can call yourself a Christian, you can call yourself a believer, but until you say yes to this, until this is put in your heart and it is written Hallelujah, the called out 
But Jesus doesn't care about your man-made denomination. He doesn't care about your bylaws and your credentials. Come on, somebody. All those things are important. We gotta have a standard. We gotta have, hey man, we gotta show people how to do what we believe. We gotta set the boundaries according to the word. Hallelujah. But that doesn't make you part of the church. We are called out once. That means we when we do what the average person does in the world, we get different results. Let me say that again. When we do what the average person in the world does, we get different results. We work in the same for the same company and make the same amount of pay, hallelujah, that the average unchurched person does. But because we are the cold out ones, everything our hands touch is blessed. Everywhere our feet step belongs to us. And so while we might make the same amount of money, hallelujah, the blessings in our finances will be greater than the average, hallelujah, person who works the same job, has the same skills, has the same degree and makes the same amount of money. Why? Because we are separated. We have a covenant that says, hallelujah, that whenever you put your hands on something, hallelujah, it will be blessed. I shall cause everything that your hands touch to prosper. I need somebody to understand tonight. You are the The things of this world that affect the average person in the world don't have the same effect Amen. on us. Amen. Why? Because we are the church. We have said yes to the word. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. And he says, Amen. Our covenant, Hallelujah, says that whatever, Hallelujah, we need if we ask in faith believing, it shall be done. It shall be given unto you. Our Bible tells us that if we seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness, that we won't have to worry about all these other things, that they'll just be added to your life. Come on, somebody, can I tell you that God's presence is not a man of subtractor, but it is a man of a multiplier. Oh, somebody help me. Sin, hallelujah, and the flesh takes away God's presence and His glory. Adds to, come on, the blessing of the Lord added to and make it rich. Somebody say, I don't know if I believe that or not. Doesn't matter if you believe it or not. I believe that my word as a cold eyed one says that His blessing adds to and makes rich. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? Hallelujah. My covenant says, hallelujah, that goodness and mercy, I don't have to go looking for it because it will follow me every day of my life. That when I wake up in the morning, the 
Everything changes. Why is it we can believe that about Jesus and not about those of us who have Jesus? Come on, somebody. Say with me, I'm going somebody. Say when you carry the glory. When you carry the glory. This is why verse 12. says, through the hands of the apostles. Through the hands of the called out ones. Through the hands of the one that said yes to the gospel. Many signs and wonders happened. Many signs and wonders were done through the hands of the apostle. And the scripture says that they were all with one accord on Solomon's porch. They were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now we saw the same idea and concept just three chapters prior in the upper room. When the 120 out of the 500 who were commissioned, there were 500 standing there gazing at Jesus that he told, go and tarry here in Jerusalem and wait till you are with power from on high. But 380 of them either stood there gazing up, waiting for him to come back, or they decided that they didn't need it or it really wasn't going to happen. So 120 of the 500 said yes. They were about to be separated from the average church from the average Jesus follower. From the typical Jesus follower. Because they were all with one accord. When? See, it's the when. That causes us issues. We don't know the when, so we struggle to say. But you got to say till the when comes. When the when comes, there will be a manifestation. Help me, Jesus. See, some of you have got a prophetic word that you're holding on to, and you're waiting for it to activate. You're waiting for activation. But you've got to wait. And you've got to trust and you've got to believe. Somebody hit that alarm. <coughs> Spirit's trying to say this. Thank you. You've got to wrap that prophetic word, you've got to wrap that word in faith. Until it's answered. Remember Simeon. When he was in the temple. When Jesus. Was born. And the Bible says that he. Got a word years ago. Years before. That there was a Messiah coming. But he went to the temple. Every day. Believing. 
He went because he had a word. He can wait because he wrapped that word in faith. He had an expectation. Come on, somebody. And the day finally came. He was up in years, but the day finally came that he said, My eyes have seen the promise. I come to tell somebody that I believe, hallelujah, that your waiting could just be about over. And your eyes are about to see the fulfillment of the promise. Do 
fullness of the flow. Now, amen. The other Amy might be, amen, all right, in the one accord. Amen. But you see what I'm saying? The hindrance that blocks and stops there. It's just like, hallelujah, amen, our, our, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We look more towards this body, amen, towards the flesh, the outside things of the world, than we do with the spirit. If we would turn more inward to the spirit and turn away from the outward, what's going on on the outside, hallelujah, we might get a little bit, amen, freer and a little more victory, amen, at least a little sooner. Come on, somebody, do you understand that?
because that, that level of casual commitment, they realized, I believe, amen, that God used that and said, none of the rest of them joined them, but they still esteemed them higher. Listen to this. It said that the church can't grow. The church can't grow. The scripture literally says that throngs of men and women became believers. Throngs of men and women became believers. Because they saw something. Yeah. When those porch people showed up, that's what we're calling the porch people. I have to preach that sometimes. When the porch people showed up, things changed. But here's the next thing. Isn't it amazing that you can read something and have have preached from these scriptures and have things highlighted and underlined but you still miss something. But I, I noticed that it said that the church kept growing and that thrones of men and women became believers and added to the Lord. Not to the church, not to a person, not to a movement, but to God. That's the church. Come on, somebody, you hear me? Not if you don't dress like us, or shout like us, or speak in tongues like us, or act like us, or walk like us. Look, look, don't act like that doesn't happen. You go to the church and all the ladies, amen, receive, amen, they all shout the same. Come on, I'm not being ugly, I'm being truthful. Not only do, do they all look alike, but they all shout alike. Because they've been taught that that's the proper way to be blessed. That's called religion. That's called a man-made denominational mindset. Come on, I'm not being ugly, I'm just trying to tell you. And so when you get saved and you're added to their church, then you've got to begin to look at everything exactly alike. Look, how did Jesus want to say this? I'm not being able to lie. I'm just trying to help you to let you know, amen, that how far that, that over the years we have gotten away from adding to the Lord. Amen. God, I know, I know there are certain denominations that, that believe. Amen. That, that has that you scripture believe that women should have long hair. They should not cut their hair at all. And I know for a fact, amen. Hallelujah. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. Amen. Praise the Lord. But too late for me to care, right? Amen. Praise God. Ask me if it matters. Hallelujah. I don't mean that pride for ugly either. I'm just telling you the truth will make it free. And I know that if, if, if a woman comes in and gets saved and she has shorter hair or her hair has been cut that the women will bring her to church will bring her to back to the church on Monday and they will pray for supernatural growth in her hair so that her cut hair does not bring reproach to that church. Yeah. 
wasted effort. That's because we've got our mindset. He said it added to the Lord, not to a church, not to a movement, not to a denomination, not to a person, but to God. Amen. The multitude getting saved lets us know that what happened to Ananias and Sapphira had no lasting effect on the church. Amen. That's why those people that try to cover up sin, the prayer is going to bring reproach. Hallelujah. Amen. If you expose, hallelujah, darkness, God will use it to bring glory. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. They added to the Lord. Let's add to the Lord and not to this church. Come on, somebody, do you understand me? Hallelujah. The multitudes, multitudes were getting saved despite what the enemy thought was going to bring. Hallelujah. A hindrance and a stop in the body of Christ. I believe that's why God is exposing. Hallelujah. More and more and more. That's why we're seeing people. Hallelujah. Now, amen, that leaders within these denominations and within these ministries, amen, these large ministries, their sin is getting exposed. And now others are resigning and stepping down. Why? Because they realize, hallelujah, that if they don't, Hallelujah, that God's going to expose. Come on, somebody, do you understand what I'm saying? God's telling his people, I'm done allowing, amen, these kind of things to affect my people. And if I have to move them out of the way, I'll move them out of the way. Hallelujah. And so multitudes were getting saved. Multitudes, hallelujah, were getting saved. Amen. And this is what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, listen, Ananias and Sapphira. Hallelujah. They said, amen, that the Lord, amen, that they gave all to the Lord and that God spoke to them. Amen. They implied that they gave it. Hallelujah. If God speaks to you, then you need to be obedient. Hallelujah. But don't act like, amen, that you're giving when you're not. Somebody, do you hear me? But the Bible says, amen, that they begin to bring the sick to the streets. Amen, that multitudes, throngs of men and women were becoming believers and were getting added to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because these porch people were different. There was something about these porch people. When these porch people showed up, amen, things began to change. When these sports people showed up, things began to be different. And the Bible says that they brought, hallelujah, the sick to the streets. And they laid them on stretchers. And they put them on mattresses. So they brought out stretcher beds. Amen. Gurneys. And they brought mattresses. And they were laying people in the streets. Now get a picture of this. They were laying people in the streets. Hallelujah. Amen. People were convinced. Amen. Of the reality and the power of what these Christians or what these sports people said they believed. Amen. They were starting to, amen, amen, realize, amen, and be convinced that this power that these Christians, that these church people, that these sports people believed 
But there were some people in this place that believed in the power of the gospel. They believed in the witness of the resurrection power. That there were some people, there were some porch people in that building that showed up. Hallelujah. What would you do if they were lined up all the way around the building? Amen. And it was obvious that they, hallelujah, were bound. Amen. And that there were so many of them, hallelujah, that they had the same lined up out there, but they were willing to wait. Hallelujah. Even if they didn't get touched, hallelujah, but they thought in those people, as they pull in their cars and they walk in, the building, maybe just if their shadow would overcome and pass over us, then we could be healed. Come on, somebody. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're saying, well, that was then and this is now. I want you to know something. That it didn't say, the Bible didn't say that Peter's shadow, amen, healed them. But we can presume that it probably did. Amen. It did not say, amen, that Peter's shadow actually brought healing. But based on what it says, amen, at the conclusion, we can presume that it probably did. Amen. If so, then Peter's shadow became a point of contact. If so, then Peter's shadow became a connection to the glory of the Lord. I need you to 
to say with me, I'm going, I'm about to finish, but I'm going somewhere. Hallelujah. I'm talking to some people tonight who believe what you say. You believe, hallelujah, in the power and the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That means, amen, that Peter's shadow now became a connection to the glory of God. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Know ye not that this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell oh, somebody help me? I'm about to make somebody upset. Can I tell you that God did not intend for us to think that this body was evil? You know why we think that our body is evil? Because it's our body that reacts and acts out sin. But when the Holy Spirit, amen, comes into this body, it is now not an evil thing. It is your soul that causes your body. Oh, come on, somebody, do you hear me? But this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh, somebody help me. Hallelujah. And so now, hallelujah, Peter, not only did he believe, not only did he preach, Thank <laughs> you. 
convince people were convinced that these people on the porch really believed in what they were seeing. That the power and the reality, come on, hallelujah, the witness, amen, of the signs and wonders was evidence that it was going to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember about a year or so ago, a little over a year, hallelujah, when, amen, the visiting evangelist came and said, this place is going to be, a, amen, a house of deliverance. Demons are not going to be able to, amen, stay in this place. What's been happening this year? We see the resurgence, amen, of deliverance. Why? Hallelujah. Because we understand and we know who we are in Christ. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? You carry an atmosphere. When you go in on your job, can I tell you that the atmosphere of that job ought not bring you down, but you ought to shift the atmosphere in that pole. Come on, somebody. Help me. When you walk into your house and your spouse is a devil, hallelujah, as soon as you step in your house, you demand dominion. You can't get to, hallelujah, you can't do anything, amen, about the devil that's in your spouse, but you can do something about what the devil does while the spouse is in your house. Amen. Come on, somebody, because you carry an atmosphere that the very shadow amen. can bring healing that where we are is where healing and deliverance and salvation and breakthrough can happen. Isn't it interesting that we seek for an atmosphere when we are the atmosphere? We seek for an atmosphere when we are the atmosphere. This is why your worship is so important. This is why the unity and the one accord thing is so vital. Because my, my, my presence might change, amen, hallelujah, my little corner, but what if ever one of us got in unity with the Spirit and then the whole atmosphere? Oh, come on, somebody. You say, all right, you're just going too far. No, I'm not. You just ain't going far enough. You just ain't going far enough. Now, if you want to say suck, the privilege is yours. But can I tell you that I don't believe our problem is the move of God, but I believe it's expectation. It isn't that there's there's not a move of God. It's that we don't have the expectation. Remember, remember, Simeon, he went in with an expectation, and he kept that expectation wrapped up in faith, for he believed. Because he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What is the shadow of God? It is His glory. It is a reflection of His glory. We preached a divorce in within a few years. But when a shadow is cast, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't mean 
that you're going to die. It just means that the presence of death is evident. We understand what, that that's that all applies to the sheep and to the shepherd. We know that David was alluding to when, when the overhangs and the cliffs and the clefts of the rock that hung on the hills and on the mountains that the wolves and the wild animals would hide in those and so as the sheep were down in the valley and they were, would go underneath those, the, the cleft, they would realize and know that there could be imminent death looming in the shadow that the clefts of those rocks cast in that valley. But they had to trust that if the shepherd was leading them through it, that he was going to take care of them. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear the evil because the shepherd is there. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So the very shadow of something is evident of the presence of that which is casting the shadow. And so he that dwells in the secret place abides under the shadow or the glory of the Almighty. Mm -hmm. So that shadow, that glory creates an atmosphere that as long as you're in that shadow, everything's going to be all right. So as, as, as Peter walked past his shadow, he carried an atmosphere. And his shadow created an atmosphere. And the Bible says So now, now Peter's shadow was a reflection of the glory of God. So when you carry the glory, you carry an atmosphere of heaven. So when you carry the glory, now you just shouted, some of you did. Some of you barely moved all night. That's all right. I'm just saying. Some of you that moved with that and shouted with that and said, yes, I'm a carrier of this presence. That shadow is a reflection of the glory that you carry it. And so you create an atmosphere of heaven. You literally carry the ability to shift. What the Bible says is they, as they come to the music. The Bible says, this is why I believe that we can presume that Peter's shadow did bring healing. Because the Bible says they were all healed and delivered from the demons. All of them. So every person that was brought on a gurney or a mattress that was in the street. Am I, am I crazy? Am I reading that correct? Right? They brought and laid them in the street. So 
every person that was laid on a gurney or on a mattress, whether they were sick, whether they were sick because of a demon, or whether they were bound, the Bible says in Acts 5 that they were all healed and delivered from their demons. So simply as Peter walked by, now I'm not saying that he didn't lay hands on some, because it says by the hands of the apostles, signs and wonders. But that doesn't mean when you when you read that, doesn't mean that they literally had to lay hands on everybody. It was just through the work, their works, through the works that they done. But they were all healed. So that means that. When you carry the glory, you carry an atmosphere. And the atmosphere shifts everything that comes in contact with it. So, where you go, you demand dominion. In other words, the darkness recognizes it. Now you have to take authority over it. Are you with me? So when you carry the glory, sickness can't say. Demons have to leave. Deliverance, salvation. You stand with me across this place. When you carry the glory, you literally carry an atmosphere. You are an atmosphere of heaven. You literally shift the earthly realm to the heavenly realm. I want you to get that. I know some of you are not getting that deep down in your spirit. But I want you to get that and I want you to think about that and I want you to realize that. That you literally, your shadow, just your shadow is a reflection of the glory that's in you. And it becomes a connection, becomes a point of contact, it becomes a connection to the glory of the Lord. what happened to Ananias and Sapphira to bring conviction and repentance and revival and those porch people I don't want to be one of the porch people I don't want to be one of the ones that's afraid to go on the porch but I want to be one of the porch people hallelujah that I understand that what is in me is greater than what's on the outside What's in me is greater than what's out here. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? I'm not going to pay attention to what's out here, but I'm going to turn my attention to the spiritual things, to the things of the Spirit. I'm going to hear and know that where I walk, it demands dominion. It commands the attention of darkness. Hallelujah. So as they begin to worship, if there's Somebody in here tonight who 
you're lost. You don't know Jesus. You don't know the Lord tonight. I want to encourage you. I urge you. urge you to come. I urge you to get out of your seat and come. And make that commitment. Get under the shadow of the Almighty. Allow the presence of the Lord. If you're lost, you've never been born again. Your spirit is dead to God. But Jesus came that you might be born again. If you're backslidden and you've been saved before, your spirit's asleep and it needs, it needs awakened. It needs resurrected. Hallelujah. Come on, we can live again.